Hello, and thank you for joining us for How Have You Not Seen, a movie podcast where we fill in the gaps to each other's cinematic knowledge by asking important questions like, you really never saw The Mummy? Or, oh, now, you're telling me you never caught The Third Man? Or, how have you not seen Princess Mononoke? Hello again, everyone, and thank you for joining us. I am your co-host, Caroline Thompson. Carson Betts here. And and this is How Have You Not Seen, a movie podcast where each week we pick one of our favorite movies that the other hasn't seen. We talk about it. Then we go and watch the movie. And we talk about it some more. It's going to be a real good time. It's going to be a great time. Carson. Yes. Over the last year, I know that you have been watching a lot of Miyazaki films. I've watched all of them. How have you not seen Princess Mononoke then? <laughs> um, uh, no good answer. There's no good answer for this. I mean, it literally was I, we we, we did Akira earlier. I discussed on a uh, test about how I am uh, not by nature an, an anime boy. Right. Uh, it's just not my thing so much. Um, and then you introduced me to Spirited Away and I watched that. And then I pretty quickly like gobbled up all the other Miyazaki Ghibli movies because I love that man. He's so goddamn weird. Have you seen King of Dreams and Madness? No. You gotta no, see I'm it. Not. It's so good. It's Ooh. so good. He's so weird. Um, but I just, this was just the last one I was getting to. And you were like, I love it. We should just do it on the podcast. And I was like, yeah, yeah, let's go for it. Yeah, I did. When I found out you were doing all of the Miyazakis, I did forbid yeah. you from watching doing this one. Okay. But it's only because you made it until like six months ago without having seen it. So I was like, you know what? Like you, like you haven't seen any, or you haven't seen all of them. So just save this one because whether we did this episode today or six months ago, it's still, it's still, uh, shameful. Not really. It is is shameful. It is shameful. What do you know about Princess Mononoke? I I mean, I feel like I know a pretty decent amount about Princess Mononoke. Again, just from, uh, you know, Hayao Miyazaki talking about that. It's an anime, Mm -hmm. anime feature. Um, it is like i think it's his maybe his longest movie it is the most like grand uh epic fantasy of them i believe other than like i mean nausicaa but that one's so early also so weird but like it's grand epic fantasy it's steeped in japanese folklore and mythology as a number of his films are uh there's one of the characters got like a goo hand is that right is it a goo hand that he has sort of yeah like a goo hand that's more or less that's classic more or less. uh get him venom goo hand um get him venom get him venom uh there is a character named princess mononoke and she is not the protagonist there's a different there's like a young boy who's the protagonist the mononoke is like a major character yes uh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. okay and sort of yeah. like that might be about it that might kind of be where it ends Okay, cool. Cool, cool, cool. Um, yeah, very, very, very great film. Um, this was one that, again, just following this weird through line of like, I saw movies 
way too young. Too early, yeah. Um, but this one is not my fault. Um, this is one of those things where when I was growing up, we had um, this lovely old lady who had babysit us and uh, me and my me and my older sister. And like she was a retired old lady. So all she would do all day was like sit at home. And like we weren't the only kids she babysat for, but we were like the ones she did the most often. Yeah. And so she would just sit at home during the day and watch movies and like not really even watch them, but just like find things on TV that she thought kids would enjoy. And just and just videotape them like with her VCR, just tape them off a cable. Oh, and that's um, so nice. Well, it was it was on the one hand very nice, and on the other hand very smart of her because she got to come over with three VHS tapes, and she's like, "Shut the fuck up, kids." Um, <laughs> so uh, yeah, this was one that she was like, "Cool, it's a cartoon. Like kids will love this. The kids will love this." And um, so she gave. My sister and I, this movie, my sister's two years older than me. She gave us this movie. I think she was six and I was four. Or maybe she was seven and I was five. Uh-huh. And um, this is by far Miyazaki's kind of like most like adult. Really? really? Yeah. Yeah. In that, um, I believe in the States, it was given a PG-13 rating. Yeah. Um, Because it is, I mean, it's, you know, about... Like, it takes place in kind of, like, ancient feudal Japan. And um, so, you know, much like in, you know, much like in a lot of, like, Western fantasy that takes place in, like, medieval Europe, there's swords and bows and arrows. And, you know, and it's like that, you know, there's the adventure story. And there's quite a bit of, like, realistic-ish violence that goes along with that. Um, And, yeah, and so it is very, very fun. But this movie... um, this movie is great. It means a lot to me. Well, I mean, I mean, okay. Well, this is, I mean, this is the thing about Miyazaki. This is the thing about Miyazaki. Is that like all of his films are are just absolutely steeped with a, a level of adult profundity that you don't get in animated films mostly. Right. right. Like, I mean, My Neighbor Totoro is like a kid, like maybe his most a kid's movie. Like a movie for children, it is also a movie about uh, grief and loss and right. sadness and what you do with sadness. But then, like, I mean, I know he bridges the gap from like that to like fucking A Wind Rises, which is an unspeakable movie, uh, just a horrifying film, a horrifyingly beautiful, tragic, evil, beautiful, terrible film. Like, you know, like, so the idea of Miyazaki doing adult violence i will be honest is kind of scary to me yeah there's something a little terrifying about that yeah well um i'm excited for you to see it and um with that being said is there anything else you know about this movie <gasps> no cool um wait there's a wolf there's like a wolf right there is several very there's like large several wolves. wolves okay that i'm pretty into that yes. that's pretty cool i like yes. big wolf big big, um, big big wolf boy wolves yeah. on wolves on wolves wolves on wolves on wolves yes All right, cool 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 well with that we are going to get into our little game and um this week i'm bringing back one that we haven't done in a while and it's one Isn't that it? uh with miyazaki films it's they are so singular. They are so yeah. like their own thing that like both Rotten Tomatoes Price is Right 
feel always feels a little awkward because you're either comparing it to his other films or films that are like really unrelated. That's like, oh, other Japanese animation. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Um, And then like same thing too with um, same thing too with like Letterboxd games. It's just like when you have to find other films to kind of like hide them in it it always kind of feels like a disservice a little yeah. bit or yeah. or super obvious so i will say i grew up watching this one with the dub and as i grew up because this one came out in 1999 and i believe it was released in the states in the year 2000 um That's right. and so this is one that as i grew up um the older i got the more i was like wait that's that cast is the American voice cast is like low key stacked Mm -hmm. and like, you know, like I'd watch a movie at like 13. I'm like, who the fuck is that guy? I'm like, Oh my God, that's Ashitaka from (laughs) from Princess Mononoke. Like that's crazy. So um, the game we are going to play this week using the American voice cast is six degrees of Laura Dern. Dern. Everybody cheers. Yeah. And, And so Carson, um, we are going to start with the ostensible protagonist of this film. Okay. And I want to let you know to uh, really think about this one because I got a very, very, very quick, uh, oh, quick shit. chain. It took me forever to think of it, but once it clicked, uh, it, it went. So the way Six Degrees of Laura Dern works is I'm going to give Carson an actor from this film. And he is going to try to build a chain um, as in this person was in this film with this person who's in this film with this person, so on and so forth, and try to land uh, try to land at American treasure, Laura Dern. So with that said, Carson, yes. today we are going to start with the actor who plays Billy Crudup. Uh, plays Billy, Cru- <laughs> plays Billy Crudup. We're going to start with the actor who plays Ashitaka in the American film, uh, in the American dub of the film, and that okay. is Billy Crudup. Okay. I'm thinking. I'm already thinking. Ah, uh, because I think Billy Crudup. I'm like, I'm looking it up. Because he's in, is he in Alien Covenant? He is in Alien Covenant. Okay. Is that the way we're going to go? He is in Alien Covenant. And that's Alien a very Covenant. good route. That's a very good route. Okay. I'm going through Alien Covenant. I'm thinking. Huh. Do you know that if you go to Alien Covenant on Google, the Google term, like the thing that it has you like search in Google is Prometheus 2. That's horrible. What's going on with that? What's, what's up with that? That's horrible. Okay. Who hurt you, Google? Who hurt you, Google? <laughs> okay, fuck, fuck, fuck. I'm thinking. Yeah, in the event of a tie, Carson does win because I do. I do spend so much of my week thinking about these. (laughs) I spend so much of my week trying to find the best one I can. But I do not use Google. If I'm not 100% sure with my own memory, I do not use it. Well, aren't you special? Like, I go go memory first, and then I got to use Google to, like, check to make sure. Because I saw half this movie five years ago. Because if you... you, play something here and we don't verify it and it's wrong we'll get fucking yeah. murdered oh yeah absolutely one of the nine people who listen to us in the united kingdom will that that'll be the next revolution the billy credit revolution right which two things to say to that one if you're one of the nine people who listen to us in the united kingdom thank you two 
how and why. Three, tell all your friends and support yeah. us on Patreon, patreon.com slash pod. Caroline, I, I, this is a long shot, but it's going to be uh, even more funny if this is the case. Um, I kind of hope it's some of those people that we met from like Wales in high school. Wouldn't that be fun? That would be insane. That would be <laughs> insane. It would be very, very cool, but also insane. Billy Crudup has been in everything, and I don't know that I've seen. That's the thing. Maybe any I gotta go it. back to Billy Crudup. I think I went. Oh, 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 fuck. Okay, no, I got it. I got it. I got it. <laughs> go. It's really long. Um, okay, fuck. Okay. <laughs> I, gotta push I think I've lost. I think I've lost. Okay. Um, so, uh, fuck. So, <laughs> wait, what was the initial one I did? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Billy Crudup is in Alien Covenant, is in Mononoke. Billy Crudup is in Alien Covenant with uh, fucking Michael Fassbender. Uh, Michael Fassbender is in fucking Choose Your X-Man movie with fucking James McAvoy. Uh, uh, I choose X-Men Apocalypse. Or no, I lied. No, I decided not to go the McAvoy route. I lied. Okay, so no, no. Fassbender is in, again, Choose Your X-Men movie with Jennifer Lawrence who is in Life I choose Dark Life. Phoenix, a film she is Bad. 100% have not in. seen barely from what I've heard. It is I got halfway through, not even, I got a third of the way through Apocalypse and I had to stop. Um, Jennifer Lawrence is, is in the last three, I think, um, Hunger Games movies with Philip Seymour Hoffman, who is in The Master with Laura Dern. Fair. Yeah. Fair. Yeah. Now, Carson, I did win. Yeah, I have to say, several times on the show, in the history of the show, I have thought of a chain this quickly, and I have said, that is unfair. I cannot do that. But I thought this of this is... chain, and I liked it too much. Yeah. So, um, like, I just had to use it, because it is um, utilizing one of my favorite boys of all time. But Billy Crudup is yeah. in Princess Mononoke. Y'all, I wish you could see Caroline right now. She's got such a swagger. I have I have known her for 14 years and have never seen her this proud of herself. You in this kind of uh, mood. <laughs> Billy Crudup is in Princess Mononoke with Minnie Driver, who yeah. is in the Phantom of the Opera. Patrick oh, Wilson. No. My, no. Boy, my favorite boy. No. Who was in The Founder with Laura Dern. No. That's the movie where I was like, I need to verify. I think she's in this. I need to verify if she is. I was looking at the founder and I was like, how the fuck do I get from Billy Crudup to Nick Offerman? (laughs) Wait. I went the wrong direction. No, that 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 one went through my brain too, and I was like, I don't fucking know what movies Nick Offerman's and he's been in. uh, Heartbeats. Heartbeat loud. Heartbeat loud with Tony Collette, which is definitely something. Gotta be. I wouldn't have been able to finish this because I didn't know the master, but I got to yeah. Patrick Wilson faster than you did. What? Faster than I did? Yeah. How? No, maybe oh. not. Billy Crudup <laughs> is in Mononoke with... Oh, just kidding. No. He's also in Watchmen. <laughs> He's also in Watchmen with Patrick Wilson. 
Oh, that's fair. So if you start yeah. there, if you start there, but I use I use this one as a starting point because it's a bit of a I yeah. mean it's a bit of a gimme if I don't if I come yeah. prepared and I use a different movie. But no, you are right. He is in that with. I forget um, Billy Credits in Watchmen. He's good in Watchmen. Yeah, yeah, he is. A hot take. He's pretty good in Watchmen. We will see you after the break. We are back. We're back. <laughs> uh, so, Carson, we just watched Princess Mononoke. Hell yeah. And what are your thoughts? Can Hell you- yeah. Hell yeah. Wait, here, I need to stand up so I don't peek the microphone. I'm going to go off screen for a minute. Hell yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. That still peaked. Woo! <laughs> it still peaked. Oh, that's great. That's great. Um, well, okay, awesome. I'm so glad that you liked it so much because this has been like an all-timer for me. Um, oh, we mentioned this in the first half, of course, but... As you can still see in the Zoom call, the the Blu-ray is still behind me as it has been since I moved into this house. So, um, so, so give me your first thoughts. Like, let's just jump on in here. It's, it's, again, my only worry is that we're getting into a, into a Spider-Verse X Matrix problem where like, I'm trying to think of just things to say that aren't just like, oh man, that was cool. Um, I will say, I don't know if I exactly expressed it in this, in like these terms in the front half, but I do think that this was the surest thing of the season for me. Like when we planned it out, I was just like, oh yeah, I I love all the other Miyazaki movies. I'm probably gonna love this one. Like it's a no, no-brainer ace in the hole kind of deal. Yeah, but like yeah. even despite that, I was kind of surprised by just how much I was taken by it. Like it is definitely not only a great movie and one of my favorites because it's a Miyazaki directed movie, but it is probably up there, maybe top three of his movies for me now. Um, I was just, I was so, there are both like these just aesthetic elements of it that are just so beautiful and wonderful. And you could just kind of talk about endlessly, like just the way that everything is designed and the way that things move, which is like all, both are always features in, in his movies. And this one in particular, just how how big the scale of it was, like it was everything, all the sort of interesting little design nuances and like great bits of animation that he does in all of these movies, just kind of blown out to this epic scale and on, you know, just such a, a grand tapestry that's being painted with those things that it is just amazing to watch. And then also it is the other aspect of, of his movies that I love um, which is that he just communicates these ideas that are so like primal and so you know what I mean definitely like, yeah like in the in the in the highest possible sense like these very spiritual ideas these things that are like you know almost almost religious in terms of like we can only a- approach these ideas with either like art or prayer you know like these sort of fundamental paradoxes that live at the center of the human soul and he's expressing them through like fucking demon boars <laughs> attacked by wolf girls like it's great no yeah absolutely i mean i think i think that's really right on the money i mean a thing that has always struck me about this film is you're right um is it does get into like you know, there's a lot to be read into it about like environmentalism and like, you know, like preserving the environment, preserving nature and all that good stuff. But like, 
even more on like a more fundamental level, it is, it is just about like human beings exist and nature exists. Yeah. How do it's How? just, it's just human plus nature equals like and it, mm-hmm. and it really and like I mean you know that's obviously very very reductive but at the same yeah, time yeah. it's almost kind of not you know it's almost no, kind of that thing is. of just like of just like just like okay like feudal Japan let's go like let's set it there mm-hmm. um kind of like right at the turn of like uh oh like industry is creeping in in like you know things like guns and like we don't have like you know we don't have electricity yet we don't even really even have like 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 a combustion engine yet but it's like we're starting to like like there's like steam power that we can generate yeah. using people and it's just like it's just like kind of right on that turn of like we are now able to in many ways overpower nature like let's set it there and then just like how do we interact with nature just like just like how does how how does humanity and nature both happen and i mean it's great it's yeah. it's it's so lovely um it's- it's the fundamental paradox of humans are like way stronger than nature because we have these like we are both of nature but we're also kind of the masters of it like we can really do whatever the fuck we want with it but also nature is fucking way stronger than people are like it is right right yeah like and it's it's just using these using fantasy in the best possible way, really, which is like you know blowing things out of proportion such that you can like really attack these fundamental ideas. And yeah, it is. I mean, you are right. It is. It's not reductive because it's like a problem for which it is so complex that you can only attack it simply. You know, right? And there's no answer to it. Right. And that's, and that's one of the things that is like, so kind of like fundamentally beautiful about this movie is it's, it doesn't go to this like grand scale. Like we have figured out all of this stuff or we have like this super hardline stance or like we have this like incredibly like, you know, I don't know. It almost feels like so silly to say it like to eat, but it's just, it just is that thing of like, if we just acknowledge that humans and nature are like two kind of like the opposite sides of the same coin, like linked that way, there are just two things that exist. And like, let's just make a movie about that. It's like, it is that thing where it's like, it is saying everything that you could ever possibly want to kind of like attack, um, yeah, kind of like attack is- that with, without, you know, seemingly having any sort of answers or really having like this hardcore stance, you know what I mean? Yeah, and it is, it is the the way, and you know, I mentioned it before, but this movie did make me feel very religious in a way. It mm-hmm. kind of had me thinking about religion in the way that I do. I, I am an owner of many, I don't know if I've ever discussed this on, on the podcast. I'm the, the owner and reader of many holy books and many books about religion and I you know I have I have a a very intense spiritual side to me though I don't really you know belong to any organized religion at the moment um but like this is one of those movies that I don't even know where I was going with that oh my lord I just kind of got caught up in thinking about the damn movie which is the thing that keeps happening where I'm just thinking about images of it but it's like this is one of those movies that just presents a problem which is completely intractable in the way that like religious texts do when you when you don't take them in a sort of dogmatic horrible way when it's just like 
the way the Bible, I think, in my opinion, the way you should kind of like look at the idea of like fundamental human sin in the Bible is not that it's some like, oh, whatever, this is why you're a bad boy because you masturbate or whatever. It's like a, you know, we, we have these angels and we have these demons inside of us and both things are constantly working at all times. And every person is this like hugely imperfect little bit of eternity that you can't solve and you can't make right and you can't make wrong and it's up for us in our lives to kind of you know square that circle and similarly this movie is it's not only i think about the duality between man and nature but it's like about the duality between good and evil and peace and war and gods and demons and like men and women there's a lot of like gender stuff in this movie that's right, like right like really interesting and like the way that Miyazaki approaches all of these dualities is, is very Eastern, which is that he just says, no, they're all like, no, they exist. Like they exist. They are constructed socially, but they're also like, they're not real. Like, like his, his mouthpiece in this movie is fucking Ashitaka standing in the middle of everything and being like, can we all just admit that this is bullshit? And can we all just like take a chill pill? Yeah. Like stop being assholes to each other because all of this is made up. Like, do you not understand? You know? Right. Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, awesome. Yes. No, I mean, I, I, yes, I, awesome. no, I, I agree. I agree. I agree with so much of like what you're mm-hmm. saying. And it is just this thing of like, I think, I don't think this movie is any more, I don't know. Like, I don't think it's any more, like philosophical or like artfully done or anything than like any of other than any of his other films. I just think that one thing that really strikes me in this is the fact that this is his, this is his most adult. And the fact that he's like, we can get into like, like real, like violence in this movie. And there's like violence in some of his other stuff, like Howl's Moving Castle has like some, some like war stuff and some violence in there. But like, this is like, a Miyazaki movie with all that comes with it about like war and like yeah. actual like being on like troops on the ground like people are dying and killing which is like a very like important part of this movie too is it's yeah. not just about it isn't about the people who it's not like the characters around our characters are dying it's like our characters and the characters around them are actively killing yeah in a way that like is very very like it is just so striking it is so striking especially well the first time it happens the first time that ashitaka's arm starts to go a little wacky a little wacky goo goo dolls goo goo dolls crazy and uh you know he just pops a dude's head off which is an arrow which is the thing right. he does a few times in the movie. It literally, I watched this with my roommate and, uh, you know, she can attest. I literally multiple times throughout this movie just kind of like sat back and went, whoa, <laughs> like, whoa now. Right. And um, no, I mean, you're right. And I think that like, I think the movie does very extremely well is even from square one. It's like, I mean, the the, the boar demon comes in and like is clearly about to like kill all of these people and you know 
like, you know, our hero rides in on the horse and he saves the village. He saves the town. And you're kind of like, okay, cool. Good guy. And it's like, it's like, uh Oh, you're like cursed now. Yeah. And it's just like, you're just like, you're like, why is he cursed? Like, like he did, he did a good thing. Why, why is our hero being cursed by that? And, and then it's just like, well, you know, in, in, in not such a blunt way, mm-hmm. it's like, well, he's cursed because like this boar only got this curse because humans did it. Yeah. And like, that is the first in so many ways where it's like you in every different faction, like every single character in this film kind of has like direct, like ideological, but also like political and like violent conflicts with like every other character in this film, you know, like, yeah. I mean, I mean, Sen even tries to like hurt Ashitaka a couple times and like, you know, it's kind of that thing of like, oh, hey, like we need to like calm this down, you know, like yeah. she attacks him and That's he kind of like, his head. yeah. And it's like, it was like that one you can kind of like chalk up to a misunderstanding and they mm-hmm. oh, like overwhelmingly like become, you know, become allies pretty, pretty quickly. But it is just that thing of like, there are no two main characters in this film who interact with one another who don't have some kind of like, literal and violent most of the time conflict and it does a very 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 good job at kind of like you wanting all of them to survive so like you can't root for any of them to win yeah you know what i mean it's like that thing where it's like you know um i mean that that bit with um ashitaka is just sort of you know the it's just sort of like, you know, a microcosm of that, of like, you then find out that like, you know, the boars are like, the boars are being taken advantage of, but they're also like very like powerful. You know what I mean? Like they're, they're, they're also kind of abusing their power in some ways. And, and it's just that thing too, it's like, you're introduced to, um, hold on, give me one second. Yeah. The character names can be, there's a lot of them. Um, hold please. While you're Googling, I just wanted to say um, that I really, Carson, I, I really, I didn't want to interrupt you, but I really loved your sort of spiritual talk up at the top. That was, it's, it's it, so it gave common. me a lens into this film that I, it didn't click, but I really, really enjoyed. Well, thank you, Corey. Yeah, well, Carson's, Carson's very good like that. He's a very good little boy, but um, yes, and, and so you are a good little it's boy. Um, but it, it's Lady Eboshi who like runs, mm-hmm. runs a little, um, like runs a little colony. Yes. And it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, it's like, it's like when you meet her, she is like actively killing the wolves and oh, you're yeah. like, you're like, well, she's a villain, like yeah. bad guy, bad guy. Yeah. And then you like kind of get to know her a little bit and you're like, okay, so like, she seems nice. And she's like helping yeah. these people who no one else would ever help. And also, uh, like you know, giving these people like livelihoods that they would never have. And not just like, not just, you know, they have like, you know, the, um, the group of lepers, but like also just like the rest of the people in town, like the women in the town and like the entire town is prospering because of her. And you're kind of like, nope, this is a front. This is a front. And then like, when it gets down to that last like 45 minutes, that's just straight up like action, like very philosophically backed action mm-hmm. with like stakes and like spirituality behind it but action yeah you know it's kind of like it's kind of like every single character like is about to get got and you're just like no like i don't want you to die but i also don't want you to kill the person you're gonna you're about to kill yeah like 
it is the good, one of the good things you can do about with action films is just like, oh no, everyone are mutual badasses. I don't want mutual badasses to kill each other. Like, that's not cool. But also, yeah, this movie is like very politically mature. It is Correct. huge, yes. again, like all of Miyazaki's films, I think his greatest strength as a, as a storyteller is that it is just stupidly empathetic to everyone in it. Like there's very, there is, I think almost no character who, you you spend any t- who is not like you know sort of cannon fodder and even then every death in this movie is pretty harsh like even the ones that are kind of cool for the sake of action you basically immediately excuse me I mean, you immediately get Ashitaka being like oh my god I just killed someone like you, you know like life it is very very precious in this movie it always is yeah yeah and yeah no, I mean like Lady Boshi's so cool because she's both at times she can be a bit of a mustache twirling villain. And also she can, I say this hundred percent and ironically be like a really badass girl boss. Like she is like <laughs> starting a like industrial feminist, like fucking town where she's very explicitly being like, yeah, we're going to take over the world so we can like make it good. Like it's, you know, like shit sucks right now. Let's make it better. And like, you believe her and she because she's not lying I did keep oh, same right. thing, I do I kept kind of wondering if she was going to have some ulterior motivation because she seems both so dangerous but also so nice but no she's just a completely whole character it's just that in real life sometimes people that have the best of intentions are imperfect and because they're in certain situations they are going to do things that are you know un un questionably bad like she does some shitty 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 things but you don't lose empathy for her. you understand why she does it and they're completely motivated right well two things first of all ladies tweet at us if you think lady Boshi was the original girl boss um, <laughs> um so, but but like for real though it is that thing where it's like you know god i i do kind of hate that um that I have been so inundated with Marvel movies for the last 10 years that yeah. they are just the 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 quickest, like most like easiest, just like well, like every single episode. No, I know. It's just like it's, it's I mean they're they're so they're so like, you know, ubiquitous with what's going on right now that like when you think of like a pro- like a problem or a trope or like anything in movies, you're just like, well, like let me relate it to this. But it's like it's like the thing I like about Lady Yoboshi is that, you know, it's kind of like there are a lot of like, especially in I shouldn't even say Western, I should say, especially in non-Miyazaki films, but particularly in American films where it's like, bad guy, bad. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, like we, like, like for whatever reason, bad guy, bad. And it's kind of like, you know, like there are these villains and like, I'm thinking of like the Thanos thing where it's like, his whole thing is he's like, he's like, I'm doing this for the good of everyone else. It's mm-hmm. like, it's like, I am like, like I have this idea and I realized that like, you know, like I'm going to do this horrible thing, but it's for a good reason. Yeah. And it's just like, and like nine times out of 10 in movies, like when that is the take, when it's like, it's like, well, the villain, like, you know, has good motivations, but like they're corrupted or whatever. Nine times out of 10, you're just kind of like, no, that's stupid. Like that doesn't make any sense. Like, yeah. like, like, like you are like a mustache, a mustache twirling villain. Like, yeah. like yeah. you are saying that you have this motivation, but like it's not. That's not what you're actually doing. Or like mm-hmm. you are just an idiot if you are like think like that's your solution. But like it is with Lady Eboshi. It's like, it's like oh shit. Like you are like ostensibly kind of like the bad guy in most ways. But it's like it's like 
you are kind of right oh absolutely at, at every turn you know yeah. like it's not that thing where it's like the villain is misguided and it's like she is but it's not like because she is dumb or blinded it's just kind of like she's a human being living in this time yeah. and if you have like you know you know power corrupts and all of that good stuff and but she's also like charged with the responsibility of like taking care of and saving these people and she's honestly like she is hashtag the og girl boss yeah. because she's doing a good job of it she's got good guns and she's got a pretty good seemingly a pretty good uh a system of building up the town going for you know it just it just also happens to uh you know sort of be destroying all that is good in the natural world but <laughs> yeah 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 but like uh, it's also okay it's, it's it's billy bob what is the name of the character that billy bob plays i, I uh, should i should say i be i think because we did laura Dern, i just usually what i'll do with miyazaki films first time is all kind of because hbo is really good you can switch back and forth between the sub and the dub real quick so right. i'll do like depending on the movie if i've heard that the the dub is okay i'll like switch back and forth uh this one i just went i just went dub the whole way through i think just because i looked and i was like oh yeah this cast is pretty stacked uh, i mean this cast is unbelievable Billy Bob. like he always gets he like his movies always get yeah. good casts in the states yeah. this one is like kind of maybe my favorite cast across the board um because it's kind of it's kind of right at that it's kind of right at that nexus of like Miyazaki is becoming critically acclaimed mm -hmm. but like and and this is nothing against Tina Fey and Matt Damon we we stand them both we yes. of course we do but yes. it's like that thing like by the time we, you get to Ponyo like after mm -hmm. Spirited Away mm -hmm. by the time you get to Ponyo it's like it's like who is like who is like a like an A-list actor they're gonna be it's in Miyazaki who's like famous where like this cast is right at that nexus of like Miyazaki has the name power to like get actress who want to do his films but like not triple a movie star so it's like it, this cast is just like so perfectly tuned with like yeah. like you have claire danes who is really having a moment really um good. and you have nice. like but and you have like jada pinkett smith who like Has you know a is a minor role but kills it yeah and just yeah. Like, and just like you have keith david who's like not obscenely famous but is one of the best actors of the last oh, oh, bazillion God. years and one of the best voice actors like oh, yeah that's, alive right now they get a lot of good voice acting talent in this one because it's keith david yeah. it's fucking john dimaggio is gone is gonza and he plays like a yes. bunch i know i'm like he's a bunch of the minor roles fucking tress mcneil's in there a whole bunch it's like you know half the reoccurring cast of futurama basically right they and, get into like just clean up like it's great right and this is um and uh there's gillian anderson too yeah. and like right at the maybe the height and it might be towards 97. the beginning but like right at the yeah. height of the x-files yeah. Oh, yeah so like it's kind of an insanely perfect cast mm -hmm. and no joke i think this is um oh yeah like right at the height uh x-files started in 93 so um and it ran for 11 seasons so this is peak x-files um but like this is low-key maybe my favorite billy crudup role oh, he's so good and I think I, I think Billy Crudup is a good actor. I just yeah, but he's never an actor I think about. You know, right? He's never on the cusp of my brain. Um, you were about to say something about the dub versus the sub about uh, but also I yeah. I, I derailed us. I do want to come it's back okay. to talk and Crudup. I do want to hashtag talk crud yeah. here in a minute. But um, I cut you off. What were you saying? No, I was done. I just said that I watched okay. the dub in. I I didn't watch any of this because usually I'll either like. 
Um, uh, fucking uh, Porco Rosso, I heard that the, the dub is bad. So I just watched the sub. And like Wind Rises, I went back and forth the first time I watched it, which like Wind Rises has, I, I'm pretty sure John Krasinski and Joe Scorn Levitt in it. They're not good. Like they, they just right. fit. Like I like those two guys, but they don't work there. Um, right. But no, Crump is stupid good. Like I, he was the one that I was looking in the voice cast. I'm like, oh yeah, Billy Crump. Yeah, he was in, what was he, in Almost Famous. And then I kind of had the look. I'm like, he said, oh, okay, he's in like, Watchmen or whatever like what's Billy Crudup in it like I had to kind of remind myself he's in Big Fish Big Fish like Alien Covenant a movie I hate uh, yeah a movie that the both of us do not like and we'll stick to that opinion forever I think but I've tried so hard to to not me too I've seen it another time and a half since we saw it together in the theater and it's uh, nothing but we'll talk about this in a few weeks but yeah absolutely but Billy's so good he's so gentle and so soft-spoken but is, but is just invulnerable and how like he oh my god yeah he brings just so much panache to this shit it's great yeah he really does like I almost wish I didn't I mean knowing it's Billy Crudup I actually like low-key like respect him more yeah. for it but I almost yeah. wish it wasn't Billy Crudup because and I only say that because like I am so used to him seeing like these like playing like these jaded like chip on my shoulder like men yeah you know what I mean and like it's one of those things where it's like it's like I watch this movie and I love Ashitaka so much and it he's honestly Ashitaka's Ashitaka's the cutest little girl I've ever seen (laughs) but but it is just that thing of it's just like of it's like I I watch um the film with the when I watch it with the dub um and I'm kind of like, wow, like this is perfect for that role. And then when you do that thing where it's like, I'm going to listen, like knowing this is Billy Crudup and like think about it. I'm like, I'm like, I can't, like it breaks my brain. I'm like, he has to be yeah. faking this, right? Like there's yeah. no way like he's yeah. doing He doesn't this. sound like, like that. It, it is also the weird thing with, I mean, a lot of movies, but especially all the Miyazaki movies, because Miyazaki's protagonists are so often these like wide-eyed like little boys and little girls that are like just you know trying to make their way through a kind of odd situation or a weird world I mean you know, right. Spirit, like Spirited Away is like the I think it the like one prototypical example of that um because like Sen is great like she is you know her journey is very important in that movie but like she is far from my favorite character in Spirited Away fucking Ashitaka is my favorite fucking character in this movie. He's great. Like, what? Well, no, no, no. I revised that statement. It's Yakul's my favorite character because, as my my letterbox review says, yeah, Yakul is cool because he is just just he's perfect. The best boy. He's, he's so perfect. perfect. He's so great. He the scene the scene where Ashitaka does like the classic hero thing of like you gotta stay here. Like you're hurt. You like stay here and find cover and I'll come back for you. And yeah, Cool's just, just like, no, no. And it just cuts to Ashitaka like leading him, being like, okay, come on, let's go. Let's go. He's, we'll, we'll, he's we'll a very, group, buddy. Like, he's a very heroic little antelope. He is. That's so <laughs> bad. He's just always trying his best. And like, their friendship is legitimately so important. It is another one of those like core dualities in the movie where like, like like San doesn't understand why Yakul is hanging out with this human. 
He's like, yeah, you can just go. You leave. Be free. I know that he's clearly he's oppressing you horribly. So just get out of here. And Deadpool's like, fuck you talking about? Like, <laughs> like no, I'm right. hanging out. He's, he's my buddy. I'm hanging out with him. You know. Oh, and yeah, it's it's fantastic. Olivia Cool, you know, talk, Ash talk is so pure and so good, and is just trying his best. And it, it is incredible. I love it. It is one of those movies where it really is a protagonist that is completely flat, like doesn't or not flat, but completely static. Right, he does not change. He learns things about the world. And those things are basically the philosophical precepts upon which the movie stands. But he does not change at all. He is as pure of heart in the beginning of the of the movie as he is in the end. And right. everybody just changes around him. Yeah. No. I. I mean. I. I wholeheartedly agree. And I think uh, you. You. The last twenty seconds of you talking has unlocked so many things in my brain that I now just yes, like need yes, to talk yes, about. Yes. But number one is I think you are very much correct. It's it is this interesting thing of like so many of Miyazaki's films are from the perspective of children, mm-hmm. because so much about so much about you know um, the things that are in his movies is just like coming to understand, you know, coming to understand whatever it is, and it's like all of these sounds like like if Spirited Away is kind of like you know just like kind of like growing up a little like coming to terms with just like growing up and like becoming you know an adult like and it's like it's like so much of that has to be told through the eyes of children you know like that's that's a lot about like ponyo too like a lot of ponyo i mean a lot of ponyo is just ham and beautiful fish and teeth but um (laughs) straight up teeth is like i no joke i think teeth is in my top 10 um yeah most quoted uh film quotes ever Because yeah. I say it all the time. Um, but, uh, you know, in the way that, like, Ponyo is about, like, and yes, it's from this childish perspective, but it's about, like, growing up and, like, building a relationship with, like, another person. And it's, like, and it's yeah. like, coming to just, like, want, at least want to love, you know? And it's, like, it's done in a very childish way. So much of this film is kind of, like, <laughs> it's kind of, like, understanding like the nature of just like the universe and god yeah (laughs) and so in that way like it's still it still tracks that like ashitaka is a grown-up but in the scale of you know in the scale of the philosophy of this film is very much a child it's like just being a human makes you a child when you're talking about like the eternal spirits of nature and like like versus like industrial revolution and and human humanity like growing beyond it's like you know growing beyond maybe it's like natural place in the order um like children like the children in that metaphor are adult humans that can create war they can it is it is i think very important though that ashitaka is basically like a teenager at least in this movie because right, as soon right. as he walks into iron town every single woman in there is like oh shit ashitaka can get it like <laughs> like oh damn ashitaka pump those pump those fumes yeah make that iron belt like yeah which is a great scene but yeah it's a it's from the mouth of babes it's like only someone who's at least a little youthful like is so it, it is it's the great duality between him and uh, uh billy bob you know of uh, uh, chico chico bow i don't think i'm pronouncing his name correctly but right him and billy bob who i also loved in this movie 
um, it's that duality of like him and this old man who is ostensibly a monk, but definitely works for the emperor of Japan, which is great. Um, but like, cause this other guy is so old and it's that conversation they have at the camp where he just, he puts forth his philosophical view of the world, which is like, look, man, you're cursed. I'm cursed. Fucking Joe Schmo over there is cursed. The whole fucking world's cursed. Like, we're all dying. It's all evil. We're all like, everything's a little fucked up. Like, what's the, like, we can only learn to kind of be at peace with that. We can't fix it. Like, and to some extent, he's kind of right. Like, the end of this movie is not a, we fixed the natural order of things. It's a, we have a chance to try again. And maybe this time we'll do it a bit better. But it also, the movie refutes that guy's, you know, his utter cynicism at that because Ashitaka is just blatantly doesn't believe that. He has the exact opposite view, which is, no, I am more cursed than everyone else. And that's why I need to like really fucking try to like exact some righteousness on this world. Like I, I gotta, you know, fix some shit while I'm still around. Right. It's uh, so good. I like I like you cool. I like the way he jumps. There are so many good jumps in this movie. I there are would, so many good jumps. I would frequently, I would, my roommate just kept laughing at it by the end because I would just go, oh man, good jump. <laughs> just point at the screen and go, oh, good jump. Right. Well, oh, and good wolf jump, cool. Going back to you cool. Um, yeah. You cool is very beautifully animated. Oh, yeah. And um, when whenever I think about Miyazaki and just like all of his films and like I th- I do think about like how beautifully things are animated and rendered mm-hmm. and um of my top three just favorite like not even favorite of the top three images I can think of um of all of his films um two of them are from spirited away and one of them is from this and the the most beautifully striking thing in any miyazaki film for me and i don't know why it's when um in spirited away when haku is like in the dragon form and he's injured and there's like that blood and there's like the blood on him um because just like something about like like the way he renders the redness of the blood with like the teal of like Haku's like coloring is um, just so visually striking and beautiful to me. The second most beautiful image I can think of from any Miyazaki movie is every frame about nature in Princess Mononoke. Yeah. yeah. Like, like, like I, like very seriously, it is like a, it is like a, like a, like a 175,000 way tie with every frame of this movie about nature. Um, and it is just one of the most beautifully rendered thing in the world. And it's, I think there's so much artistry in all of his films. And I think mm-hmm. Spirited Away is, um, you know, maybe his best in terms of like, there's so much packed into every frame. There is so much care. There is so much detail. There is so much like imagination at play. Mm-hmm. But like actually every single image of like, whether it's like, yeah cool whether it's the wolves whether it's like the shots of like the spirit of the forest from afar um not up close up close he's a he he kind of a funky looking guy well even kind of even kind of up close even kind of up close but he's beautiful in a strange way but from afar he is uh, gorgeous it just is like there is such a like 
awe and reverence that you just are hit with like a truck like when you watch this movie um and then my third my third favorite which is like actually one of my favorite images of everything uh, of all time is in spirited away when they're on the train yeah the train is it's just i don't know what it is it just it just it just it just hurts that's like a dream that we've all had them on the train just with the water on all sides it's yeah it's uh yeah but i will okay so this is a thing i was thinking about a lot in terms of the both mostly the animation the aesthetics of this movie um because y'all y'all both play video games but i think i definitely played more video games than y'all too um so i don't know how much of this like hit y'all but like every this is every to some extent i think every open world fantasy video game has stolen something from this movie like in the past definitely i mean definitely this predates you know this was i was thinking a lot about legend of zelda and this was basically coming out alongside you know the original few zelda games um in the 90s but like yeah this would have been right alongside ocarina this is the same year as ocarina of time like original few zelda game. original few sorry i should have, i should have specified the, the 64 the original like 3d zelda game. <laughs> <laughs> i know my zelda i'm sorry but like the, but, but this is breath of the wild a, a video game which i have put like 200 plus hours into um is like aping the aesthetic of this thing so much like the the colors the sort of grandeur of it the way that things jump um have, I, have y'all ever played the dark souls games no. Uh, only Bloodborne. Okay, Bloodborne, also Bloodborne. Which is, is like their cousin. It's like the best one. Also, Bloodborne's like the best one. Um, but, and and this is, they're on the record, um, a different Miyazaki-san, Miyazaki-san who uh, runs uh, From Software, is very forthright about his, like, uh, yeah, I really like all of the Ghibli movies, and I really, I steal from all the Miyazaki Ghibli movies, like, indiscriminately, like, he did, like, you watch Princess Mononoke, and you go, oh, that Dark Souls boss, oh, that Dark Souls boss, oh, that, that's where he got that armor set. The new game from, 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 from software is called Elden Ring, it is, uh, the piece of, of, of interactive media for which I am, I am the most excited for in, many years um you have a little spirit steed that you jump onto uh which I, the internet like reddit dark souls reddit has just taken to calling yakul which was a reference <laughs> i did not understand until today but it is that's what it is is you riding around on yakul like that's the thing um so yeah i mean the just yeah the aesthetics of this thing are so they are so both very steeped in history and they feel very real, uh, despite the fact that they are clearly fantastical. Like they feel very informed by history, but also just utterly singular in their design aesthetics. Um, yeah, it's great. It's a good fantasy aesthetic, the whole yes. thing. And the nature is truly just like, oh my God, like it's and, great. Nature. Yes, no, I agree. And there's something about, and I don't even know what it is because I'm not a in terms of like like graphic and like visual art, like painting and whatnot, like I am not in any way skilled in that, but just like, I don't know exactly how to say it, but just like the color balance between yellow and green yeah. in this film is so perfect how it, how it is like, it's always the sunlight and it's always leaves, but it's always a gold and an emerald. Like they're both so rich and 
they just play off each other so perfectly in a way that like when you said like oh this is breath of the wild i'm like you're exactly right it's like isn't they strike like they they steal and i shouldn't even say steal but like they have you know like that palette has become so wonderfully ubiquitous with like how you render nature and like it is just that thing of like i i don't even think i don't even think uh breath of the wild is stealing it from this movie i think this movie perfected it in a way that that's now the only way you can do it in animation yeah in 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 legend of zelda breath of the wild one of the things about that there's a lot that game is amazing i'm gonna go on i I just said i played it for 200 hours the other game that i'm most excited for is the sequel to legend of zelda breath of the wild um amazing game uh, one of the systems in that game, it's because it's got a very realistic day-night system, like it's a continuously going system. Um, but one of the things that that game does is it very subtly adds time uh, to basically like either extremes of the sunset and sunrise part of the day. So that like noon, like when the, when the sun is directly in the center of the sky and everything would be just washed out and flat, is happens for like five minutes and then it you're almost immediately then into oh everything's very shady and fun and cool now and that's exa- nothing in this movie takes place at noon it's weird like it, it's it was a thing that i thought about afterwards i'm like oh it's always kind of always sunset or sunrise right but that's because that's when things look coolest like that's when it looks the nicest and as we talked about before the like inherent grandeur of nature and of the natural world is very important to the the themes of this movie like demonstrating that such that you do not need to be told that nature is something that's very important you just know it because it is beautiful you know is important yeah i agree i agree and uh yeah and there is that thing too of just like as much as the humans in this movie kind of like are shown to be like destroying nature in so many ways they're so reverent of it which like is which is both communicated by like the way it's animated, like what we're talking about right now, but also, um, but also like the, like the way it's animated helps communicate that. But also it's just that thing of like, you know, for example, um, I think it's so fun that it's just like, they call, they call San, you know, princess mononoke like they're like they're like she is like she's she's the princess like she is the princess bone of born of both humans and humans and nature and then like like you know you get you get a little ways away and ashitaka's like well she's the princess and they're like she's not the fucking she's a girl who got raised by wolves but it's just like but it's just (laughs) that thing of like we're so obsessed with like we are so obsessed at kind of like revering nature that it's like well she must be some kind of spirit it's like no she's not a like like no 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 like she's not a princess she is like she could be like yeah. if that's what we want but like no she is she is a human being who was left in the woods and is now just closer to nature than you are yeah. by like a smidge yeah her silly wolf mom is like yeah honey you're a princess totally <sighs> uh-huh i want i want that i want a wolf mom yeah a wolf mom would be pretty nice and you can yeah. just, just hug her big her big coat and just kind of get wrapped up in there yeah oh man okay well i think i think we should wrap it up because we're gonna we could i we could talk about this movie, i think for hours i think so too it's great can okay before we go can i just what is because my list is now changed because this movie what are your top three miyazakis my top three miyazakis yeah. ooh, um 
So that's actually pretty easy what the top three are, what order they are in. I will kill you if you make me try sure. <laughs> because I like that they're they're they are my three favorites for very different reasons. Yeah, but um, my top three are this for just like that beauty and the nostalgia spirited away because it's perhaps the best film he's made sure. and Ponyo because it's the most delightful. Ponyo does love him and, and is delightful. I, I love Ponyo so Ponyo much. I, I will say I'm glad that we have different lists, but this is the one that overlaps because I do think that I think that this knocks Spirited Away out for me. Actually. Really? I really? I might have to rewatch Spirited Away again and like readjust, but I do I think that maybe it knocked it out because I was really, I was really into this. And wow. then the other two are also for entirely different reasons for all of them. Uh yeah, this because it's 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 epic and it's incredible and it's very politically mature. And um, Wind Rises because it is uh, um, horrific and it scares me and I think about it and it <laughs> haunts my soul. Um, <laughs> and, and then Kiki's Delivery Service because it uh, is a movie that reduces me to tears just easily, just so easily. And, it, it, and, and that is a movie that I do feel like my relationship to might change because it is about the time in my life that I'm in right now. <laughs> right it's about being in your 20s and how things are kind of tough in your 20s I need to rewatch that because I watched that movie ad nauseum as a child and I have maybe seen it once since I've since I've turned like 15 so I I need to watch that one again there's like it's it is it's like oh man Miyazaki more than anybody has tapped into just what just the emotional turmoil that like someone invites you, like so a friend of yours that you don't know super well is like, hey, do you want to like hang out with some people you don't know? And then you're like, no, I don't know. I'm a little socially awkward. I don't think I can do that. And then you feel like shit about it for like two weeks and you can't explain why. Like, oh, oh like a specific feeling, but one which is so richly sketched in that movie. Uh, all right, this is fun and okay. Fucking rules. Uh, you want my review? My review is fucking five stars. It's good. I like it. It's great. The <laughs> cool is cool. Um, Ashitak is my homeboy. He's got a cool, I like his cool little sword. Yeah, I like okay. his cool little tunic and his cool little, his I like little his, I like his cool little bun. I, I like his cool does. little, also, little hair as, as a man with a man bun, I was a little sad when he cut, it was very cool. Like it's a cool, anytime a character in a movie is like, I need to go on a mission, so I need to cut my hair like Mulan style. It's always very cool. One of the saddest things in my life is just that my hair is not thick enough um, to rock a, a tight little bun like that. Yeah. Like it, mine, mine, mine has sad. to be, it, my hair is just so fine. It has to be thin. Yeah. Or I mean, it, it has to be messy. Otherwise it is like the size of a quarter. You and anyway. my mom need to have like a, you could really have a chat about how annoyed you are that I have thick hair. It's true. That's something <laughs> that my mom talks to me about. Literally, the both of you every time I see you, like, oh. damn you, your nice hair, and I'm like, hey. <laughs> I giggle in the corner like a goblin. Uh, both you and my mother, yeah. Uh, your uh, mom and I could also have a conversation about how you're our favorite old boy. Oh, yeah, you probably could. Oh, oh, oh I just dropped my microphone down. <laughs> anyway, oh, I think no. that is Princess Mononoke. Princess Mononoke. 
Um, thank you guys all so much for listening. Uh, Corey, do you want to tell all the nice people where they can find us? Because you're a great producer who knows all of those things off the top of your head. Absolutely. I honestly <laughs> just got so scared. You were about to end the episode without kicking it to me for social media. And I was like, no. <laughs> My good sir, I would never. <laughs> we need people to listen. Uh, on that note, if you like what you hear, please be sure to like us and subscribe wherever you stream your podcasts. Leaving a review, if it's possible, also really helps out the visibility of our show. Uh, follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash podcast. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd at hhynspod. Uh, Karsten, I'm very excited to transcribe uh, your little spiel there at the end for your Letterboxd review this week. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, special thank you to please our patrons. Do. Caitlin Matthews, Stephen Woosley, and Nihar Fadke. Uh, if you'd like a shout out on the show, bonus content, and our undying eternal love, head over to patreon.com slash pod. We have multiple levels, all with their own perks, ranging from $1 to $25 a month. As I said, if you are interested in hearing more, please visit patreon.com slash pod. Yeah, and so... um. So that is all we got for you guys this week. Uh, please check out our Patreon. I won't I won't bore you with my normal spiel of here's all the good stuff we have coming because you can just listen to the last 30 seconds of last week's episode and get that whole thing. But yeah. we've got a lot of awesome stuff. Um, Carson, why don't you tell us what, what are we doing next week? So this is okay. I think that this is going to be, in my opinion, the best like bam, bam, like two movies of the One, of the two season. punch. One, two punch. Because they are utterly different and i love them both next week we are doing the coen brothers uh com- i mean it's a comedy i'm going it's a comedy. comedy it's very oh, funny it's a comedy yeah. it's a funny one. i mean i don't oh, know brother. i haven't watched it yet oh no never we're not about to record an episode about it no oh <laughs> oh brother where art thou the way that i like to say the name of that movie uh, one of my favorite movies all right well i am very <laughs> excited Oh, I'm very Lord. excited to jump into that episode. And uh, without further ado, we will see you guys next week. See you next week. <laughs>